Oh, great and awesome God, as we, as we now will open Your Word and we will hear from You, help us, Father, to keep our vision fixed on who You are and how You revealed Yourself to us through Your Son how You continue to reveal us, Yourself to us through Your Spirit. Father, continue to, to renew our minds and transform our lives. Father, that our lives would be more and more live for Your glory. That our our lives would be lived more and more for the sake of Christ Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Grace Fellowship Church guests. Over the past couple of weeks, there's been a, a number of things, a plethora of things, uh, that have happened in my life and the life of this church that just keep reminding me of how much I need to trust in God's wisdom and, and His goodness and His providence. Um, there's, you know, random happenings, and I put up quotes because nothing's random. We know that. And there's, uh, there's these, these happenings that are going on that just keep bringing me to this this transcendent reality of of my life and, and, and life on this earth. Having the death of one of the men that I was, the, one of the closest men to me in my life occurred and then yesterday I celebrated with many of you the, the my third grandchild who's in utero, who's due to be born in January, and there was a celebration of new life. And then I left from here to go to the wedding of my nephew. Uh, my nephew was uh, Emily's brother's son, getting married in a, in a Catholic church uh, with all the stations of the cross and the crucifix in front of me, reminding me of our days down on 6th and Marquette when we had those very things in our ignorance for some time. And hearing the man read from the book of Tobit and say, hear the word of the Lord. And, and just all of those things that, that just keep occurring in my life that, that remind me of, of who God is and of how lost I am if I don't stay connected to the source of truth. How confused I would be just walking through life if my worldview were not guided and, and, and formed by who God is, the truth He's given, who I am, who the world around me are, who, who mankind is, and, and who God is and the truth of who He is. It brought to my mind Jeremiah. Jeremiah, we know Jeremiah is he's, he's the weeping prophet. He's prophesying against Judah for their for their sinfulness against God. and In verse 7 it says this, 
Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. How, how remaining planted by water, by the truth of who God is, is the only way I know how to go through life and, and continue to not be afraid when heat comes or anxious when there's drought. He, he, he juxtaposes this in verses 5 and 6. It says this, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. The, the opposite of that is if for those that go through life, or if I were to go through life not trusting in the Lord, if my trust, if our trust is not in the Lord, then, then we are going to have a miserable life. I mean, it's hard, it, is, it is hard to sit through a Catholic wedding if you're me. They're really, really nice people. I really like my, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and their children. Um, and God's name was invoked and brought into all of that. And, and you know, again, we're, we're, there was death of a loved one just recently. And then and there's new life that we're celebrating. And all of these things, all of these things inside of who God is. It helps to keep us focused and, and on a right path. <laughs> Walking in today and... And Sister Susan comes up to me and her, her daughter had a, someone who's very close to her die in the middle of the night at the age of 40-ish just recently. How do, you, how, do you, how do you make sense of any of that if you don't, if, if you're not one? Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. It's the only way we can have a worldview that makes any sense. And if you just think about life Every day your life, you're, you're, we have no place else to turn. We have no place else to plant ourselves. So plant yourselves, plant myself, plant ourselves by water. Walk by the Spirit, informed by the Scriptures. Stand on truth and tell the truth. And have your trust be the Lord. Your trust be in the Lord. And who He is. And what truth is according to Him. That it can guide us through all of these things. Our, our worldviews, our worldviews have got to come from here. And we get off track. We've got to come back. And be guided by the truth of God's word. Okay. 
Two weeks ago, um, providentially, we had a change in service. Last week, we, I was gone, and Brother Tony preached a wonderful message on a call to holiness. So this week, we're going to get back into tw uh, Luke 12. We've been away for a couple of weeks. Uh, like all of God's timing, I think, I think back over the last 15 years of pastoring, and His timing is always perfect, and it seemingly perfect again that we're in Luke 12 through this season of our life. And today's message is going to be part of two or three, not sure which. Do not be anxious about your temporal provision. Do not be anxious about your temporal provision. So please stand and I will read Luke verses 12 through or Luke 12, 22 through 34. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If, you are, if then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For your treasure is... There will your heart be also. You may be seated. I know I say it a lot, but this is a big deal. This, this whole section of Scripture, this whole, this whole message that Jesus is preaching, starting in verse 1 of 12 and going through 13, 9 or so. Remember, He's preaching this in Judea, and it's near the end of His earthly life. And remember... This, this message that he's preaching, um, he had preached a similar message in, in Galilee, in the book of Matthew. We see a, a somewhat similar message that, that he gives. And so what was true in Judea was true in Galilee. And what's true in Galilee and Judea is true in Davenport, Iowa and Thika, Kenya. Uh, the... the, 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 the the commands, the teachings of Jesus are, are for all Christians, for all times, in all places. And, and he clearly says, do not be anxious in verse 22, do not worry in verse 29, and do not fear in verse 32. Do not be anxious, do not worry, and do not fear about your temporal provision. Do not be anxious, do not worry, do not fear about your, your temporal provision. 
it's given me cause as I've been preparing these last few weeks for these messages. And I want to give you pause to actually consider how much time we actually spend concerning ourselves with our temporal provision. We, we, look, I think I'll mention it now and try not to keep mentioning it. Obviously, Jesus isn't telling you just, you know, do nothing. We have to work um, to provide. But, but don't be anxious. Don't worry. And don't fear about your temporal provision. And lay that up against how much time in this culture that we live in, and I would argue in Thika, Kenya, and I would argue in Judea, and I would argue in Galilee, I would argue all over the world for all times, how much time is spent being anxious, worried, and fearful about temporal provision, physical needs, about food and clothing. I remember there was a guy that, when I was a kid, Nine, eight, seven, a guy named Dick Franklin. He was a neighbor of ours. He was a good friend of my parents. And I remember Dick Franklin would be eating breakfast, literally talking to Sue, his wife, about what are we having for lunch and what are we having for supper. I mean, it was kind of funny, but this is what he thought about. He's eating breakfast, wanting to know what we're having for lunch and what we're having for supper. His food was on his mind. And I laughed about Dick Franklin and started thinking about my own life and how much time I spend thinking about physical needs. Like actually how much time is spent on that in my own life. Do not be anxious. Do not worry about it. Do not fear for your temporal provision. And, and think of the world we live in just in this context of our world. What is every advertisement about? What is every Facebook feed advertisement about? It's about food. It's about clothing. It's about automobiles. It's about medicine. It's about physical care. All, all, all promoting a form of stress if you don't have these things handled. If you don't have the right food, the right clothes, the right medicines. So whether it's first century, the, the context of this audience was provision was difficult, especially for some of these Jews he was talking to. Very dependent upon the land, and, but very, very more like Thika Kenya probably, more impoverished than we are, where we, we struggle with too much provision, I would argue. But people, people for all time, and people in this room are anxious and worried and fearful about their temporal or earthly provision, far more than Christ would have us to be. Remember the setting of, of where we are. Uh, remember that Jesus is, is in, in the beginning of chapter 12 through verse 12, uh, to, to beware of hypocrisy he's preaching and to be bold in, in proclaiming Christ and to, to believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. He's talking about uh, uh, eternal things. He's talking against 
temporal things. He's talking about having a fear of God who can put you into hell, not just a fear of man who can end your life. And remember, in the, in the middle of this, he's having this kind of a discussion and, and some very earthly-minded man barks out, says, tell my brother to give me my inheritance. So he's talking about eternal realities, Jesus is, which is what he came to save people eternally, not temporally-minded. And in the middle of that, somebody barks in and, and interrupts and says, hey, tell him to give me my money. And so that gives Jesus the occasion to tell a parable about a rich fool. A rich fool who, who had so much increase. So much increase. He didn't know what to do with it all. So he had to build bigger barns. He had to have more storage facilities for all of his gain. And then he sat back and he, he was ready for retirement. Eat, drink, and be merry. He, he was ready to just sit back and live off all of his treasures. And God said, your soul is required of you tonight. And, and so this parable that Jesus told in the middle of trying to talk about eternal realities and this, this guy coming in and saying, hey, I want my money now. I want my inheritance. Jesus tells this parable and he warns against being building up treasures on earth and not being rich toward God. Laying up treasures for himself and not being rich toward God. The closing thought from that sermon we preached a couple of weeks ago is on 13 through 21. Fools live their lives focused on obtaining and consuming all the world has to offer and then leaving plenty for their offspring to do the same. Fools are materialists. Christians live their lives focused on all that heaven has to offer. Christians are eternalists. Oh, beloved, that we would be a people who are rich toward God. So, so he's telling them this parable about the rich fool. And then he says, uh, he, 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 th that's the immediate backdrop of what he's saying. He's got this audience, this huge audience, and he's warning them about, about storing up treasures on earth. And, and, and because you're storing up treasures for yourself, you're not rich toward God. And then he turns to his disciples and he says, Therefore, because of what I just said, therefore, dia hautos, because of this, for this reason, for this reason of storing up treasures on earth, for this reason of being too temporally focused, for this reason of, of warning against not being rich toward God, because life here, your life, disciples, is not about possessions, it's not about earthly provision, because when you die, your barns full of stuff won't be of any value. Therefore, because of this, for this reason, I tell you, Lego, I declare to you, I say to you, because you will either be focused on earthly existence or eternal realities, I declare to you, do not be anxious about your life. That you not be like this rich fool I just told the parable about. That you continue to be rich toward God. Do not be anxious. 
merim nao, to be worried about, to be anxious about. Do not be anxious about your life. Eternal life? Zoe? No. Suke, your, your temporal life. The whole of your life. But, but do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. This week we're going to see the eating, and next week we'll see the, what you'll put on. But, but do not be the, like the rich fool in the parable I just told you about. Do not be anxious about your temporal provision. provision. Don't worry about what you will eat. I can imagine their initial response. And, and what it might have been and what ours is when we hear things like this often. Something like, what? Food and clothing are of utmost importance. I mean, I have to eat. God, you designed me to need food. So I have to eat. That's the way God made me. So what do you mean? Don't be anxious about what I will eat. Jesus responding to this sort of a pushback in his declaration. Why not be anxious about food and clothes? Why not? For, because, gar, the word is gar, because, a marker showing cause or reason, here's why you're not to be anxious about what you're going to eat or wear. Because life, suke, inner self, heart, mind, a psychological value of life. Remember, you got bias, you got suke, and you got zoe. Suke is like the whole of your life. The whole of your life, disciples, is not, it, it is more than food. The body, more than clothing. Life is more than food, and the body, soma, the body of an animal, human, even plant, that which is material. So this body, your body, disciple, your soul, your, your life is far greater than food and clothing. Disciples, you, you have a much more important purpose for living than just to stay alive. You have a much more important reason, a much greater purpose, disciples, for living than just to stay alive, than just to be well-fed and well-clothed. God has works for you to do, and He will make sure that you're around to do them. So you don't need to be anxious about that. As God's people, we know, he's telling them, God's going to provide for your needs. He will, he will provide for us. Your, your life is far more than food, what you eat. Quit being anxious about keeping yourself alive with food. That's, that's not what your life is about. 
Remember the parable of the rich man, and, and then we'll get to this again later more, but verse 29 then, And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Look, every human being, every Gentile, they're about their food and their clothing and their temporal provision. That's all they have. That's what they seek after. But you're, you're not like one of these other people, disciples. You're not, you're not like these people that concern themselves and worry about and are anxious about and fearful about your provision. You are God's people and He knows what you need and He will provide it. He will provide for our needs. I know we've heard it and it's a quaint little saying, but it's just true. He won't provide for our greeds. He'll provide for our needs. And there's not a person in here that needs to be right now concerning themselves with their food. Not one of us. Not at all. He said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, I declare to you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor your body, what you put on, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Listen, because you need more words, let me explain more deeply, he says. Consider the ravens. You're worried about your food, disciples. Consider the ravens. Life is more than food. Not to Dick Franklin. But life is more than food. Consider, katanoeo, give careful consideration. Consider closely. Notice, discover through direct observation. Give careful consideration. In Israel, there was lots of birds. Still are lots of birds. As birds will migrate from the north to the south, to the, to the west of Israel is the Mediterranean Sea. Birds can't really land there, can they? To the east of Israel is desert. So lots of birds in Israel. This is something that was part of their life. It's Jesus again telling them to something in, the, in nature that can tell them a, a truth about who God is. Think about these ravens. Think about God's creation. They, they don't sow nor reap, no storehouses or barns, yet God feeds them. Un, unlike the rich fool in this parable that I just told you about, these birds, like all animals, they don't, they don't plant seed. They don't harvest crops. They don't have barns and storehouses to put all of their stuff in. Yet God feeds them. Psalm 104, 24. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you had made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. There go the ships in Leviathan, which you formed to play in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. 
When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. They don't, they don't, these animals don't make great plans how to grow and store their food. They just wait until God provides it. And He does. Psalm 145.15 The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. All creatures look to God for the provision of food and He provides in due time what they need. What they need to live, the animals get provided by God. Consider the ravens. These ravens, these ravens were plentiful as I said. These ravens have a, have a thing about them. The ravens don't really provide for their young all that long and all that well. Ravens are known to kick their young out of their nests just when they're barely ready to fly and provide for themselves. So ravens are known to, to, to send their young out and their young are looking for food. These ravens were... They were, they were defiled, unclean animals in, in Leviticus. So ravens were a very common, lowly bird who, who had to care for themselves at a young age. Job 38, 41. Who provides for the raven its prey when its young ones cry to God for help and wander about for lack of food? Consider the ravens. These young ravens, you guys know how these ravens are. He's telling these disciples. They're very young. They're looking around for food. They're, they're, they're crying to God for food. And who provides it? God does. Psalm 147.9 He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. So Jesus is telling them to, to deeply think about the ravens. He's telling us to actually think about animals, ravens. When you're, when you're anxious about what you're going to eat, when you're anxious about your earthly provision, and this is so, this is so, it's so difficult for us because we have so much. We, we talk about storing up treasures, which we're, we're going to talk about for the future. None of us have any concerns about what we're going to eat tomorrow. But if you do have a concern about what you're going to eat tomorrow... And the concerns we can sometimes have is not if we're going to eat, it's what we're going to eat. And is that going to be the perfect thing for my health? Or is it going to taste really, really yummy? And we worry about those things. And we're anxious about those things. And we spend a lot of time trying to make sure we eat right. Don't be anxious about what you're going to eat. Life is far more than food. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They don't plant. They don't harvest. They don't have storehouses or barns. Yet God feeds them. He's telling this to actual disciples that they do not be anxious because look, God feeds them these ravens, of how much more value are you than the birds? This, this isn't a rhetorical question. It's actually trying to get them to understand something. 
You worry about where you're going to eat and what you're going to eat. Look at these ravens. How do they get what they get? God provides it. They're not all that picky. Of how much more value are you, dia Pharaoh, be more value than, be more worth than, be superior, be excellent. Jesus tells disciples, as God's people, you disciples, you are far more valuable to God than ravens, and God supplies their needs. <coughs> Earlier, when Jesus was addressing his friends in verse 7 of Luke 12, why even the hairs of your head are all numbered, fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. You're more valuable than birds. And God feeds them. So why are you anxious about food? Why are you anxious about your earthly temporal provision? Matthew 12, 11, He said to them, Which of you has a sheep? If it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out. Of how much more value, than a, that value is a man than a sheep? So it's lawful to good on the Sabbath. Look, as human beings... We are more valuable than sheep and birds and ravens. All human beings. Made in the image of God, the pinnacle of God's creation, we're more valuable than creatures. Genesis 1, then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven, over the livestock, over all the earth, over, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And he blessed them and be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. We are more valuable than animals. We have souls that will never die. We are made in the image of God. If He's going to take care of these nasty ravens, these inconsequential sparrows, He's going to take care of you. Quit worrying about what you're going to eat. Even 30 years from now, what you're going to eat. See, because we don't worry about tomorrow's food very much, do we? We often worry about 30 years from now, don't we? Do I have enough saved up for retirement? Do I have enough saved up that someday I can retire and the food's still going to be there if the government ain't paying out no more? We think like that, don't we? Much more valuable than birds and animals. Human life is much more than food. We have souls that will never die. We're made in the image of God. We have work to do. Disciples, brothers and sisters, God has saved us. God has given us purpose in His life to bring Him glory. We have, we have works that were established before time began that we are to do by His grace in and through Christ Jesus. You're not going to die as long as He's got work for you to do. He's going to provide. Your needs, not your greeds. It might not be steak in retirement. It might be rice and beans. Yeah, but I need steak to stay healthy. He's telling these disciples, his 
God's chosen people, those whom he's in relationship with. Out of this big group, he's talking to this small group. Those, he's talking to those that can know him. He's talking to you and me, brothers and sisters. He's talking to those of us who know God, and God knows us. God has a bigger purpose than your life, than just your life. Just your physical being. You're not just here to exist. You're here to bring glory to God. Those who are in the kingdom, God has given us life. He's given us life eternal. He has a purpose for us to bring Him glory. He will sustain us until He's done using us for His glory on this planet. What are we worried about? As long as, long as He has this unfolding plan in your life, brothers and sisters, in my life, He's going to provide for me and you. And you know how I know He's done using me on this planet? When He's no longer providing me with food or oxygen or clothing or whatever it is that keeps me physically alive. Then I know He's not providing anymore. Oh, is He? He's provided something far greater for me at that point, hasn't He? Eternity. In glory. God, brothers and sisters, God will provide. We don't have to build bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger barns. We don't have to worry about 35 years from now. Well, tomorrow will worry about itself. It's got enough trouble of its own. This, this does not sit well in our senses. It does not compute very well in our era. We are very focused on our physical needs now and in the future. We're very thoughtful about our physical needs now and in the future. Very thoughtful about what we're going to eat. Is it healthy? Do we have the right medicines? Do we have enough? We... <laughs> Sure glad, glad Brad's making a lot because I'm not and I know Brad will buy me some food someday. Well, in some respects, that's not the wrong way to think. Here's what I know. There is not a person in this room, I don't know a couple of you, so I, but I'm pretty confident what I'm saying, the rest of you, that has one worry about what they're going to eat tomorrow, or even 15 years from now, no matter what comes. And if there's a famine in this country, and if because of that 50% of the Christians in this room perish, because God's finished using us for His glory on this planet, and now we're going to go be in glory. We have nothing to concern ourselves with. You don't have to be 
anxious about your physical provision. You have lots bigger things to concern yourself with, Christian. Like your soul. Charles Spurgeon said, Have no anxious, carking care. Do not look after the inferior things and neglect your soul. Take care of your soul. Your body will take care of itself better than your soul can. God takes care of food for ravens. Don't be anxious about food. Again, God takes care of our souls too, doesn't he? But, but we are to be participating in our sanctification, yes? It's a synergistic effort. And inside of that, I want to assert that we, as a culture, tend to spend a lot more time worrying about our food and clothes and houses and cars and stuff and medicine than we do our soul, our holiness. Being more like Christ. And if it's accurate, let's repent. And he goes on, and this is so obvious, it's hardly even worth talking about, and yet I don't think we think like this. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? What does your worry accomplish? All of the thought that we put into what we're going to eat, our food, again, I think we spend an inordinate amount of time on, on thinking about and anxious about what we're going to eat. Including trying to stay healthy. But not only that. And which of you, to the span of life, in the Greek it would have come that way, to the span of life, helikia, lifetime, the period of time which one is alive, that's one meaning. The other meaning is stature or bodily height. Which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour, pekis, one meaning is a cubit, the distance from the elbow to the end of the figures, which is about 18 inches, that's a cubit, that's a measurement, or it can be a measurement of time. Now you see some translations that talk about can add a single um, uh, cubit to his stature. Like actually saying, who by worrying can grow an extra 18 inches? That's clearly not what's being talked about here, but I will quickly tell you, for those of you who worry about that, I can tell you Steve Reed is a living testimony. Worrying about how tall you are won't make you any taller. And I know he's going to hear this and I love it. He's five foot nine in our family. That's a midget. And his whole life, he was wanting to be taller. He worried about it a lot. It didn't change anything. But that's not what he's talking about. Saying, by worrying about your provision, your, your physical temporal provision, who can add one hour to their life? Your anxiousness, my anxiousness, about our physical provision will not add even one single hour to our lives. Quite frankly, from our perspective, and again, it's 
I'm not telling you something different because God knows. But from our perspective, it might shorten your life. Because anxiety is not good for you. Physically. Go listen to the Bible study from a couple weeks ago. Pastor Nick walks us through that. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. Refrain from anger and forsake your wrath. Fret not. It tends only to evil. Anxiety and worthy, worry are not healthy. So the anxiousness about these things certainly is not going to add to our lives. Jesus is telling them and us a very obvious truth. And he just told it on the end of this parable of the rich fool who really is like 21st century North America. He's got his retirement handled. Plenty to live his retirement years out. And that night, his life was required of him. How much did all his planning and anxiousness and worry and fret, how much did that help him to live longer? It didn't. Being anxious and worrying or fearful about our physical provision will not lengthen our lives at all. Psalm 39.5, Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths. Handbreadths is a similar word to cubit. It's, it's our lives are just a few cubits. My lifetime is nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. You can't add an hour to your already flash of a life. You can't add one hour to your already brief life. Life's already nothing but a breath. You can't add one hour to it with all your worry, with all your anxiousness, with all your fear. Job 14.5, since his days are determined and the number of his months is with you and you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass. God has determined the number of days before we were ever born when we would die. Psalm 139, 16, your eyes saw my unformed substance and your book were written, every one of them. The days that were formed for me and yet, when, and when as yet there were none of them. So being anxious about our lives, worrying about our lives, will not change what's already set in God's decree. And God will provide for our physical needs until he doesn't. And then we will be with him in glory. What are you worried about? Why store up treasures? Why spend more time on our diets than feeding our souls? Which of you by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? It's an obvious answer. Yes, it's a rhetorical question. He's just like, obviously, right? We all get it. These listeners got it. Yep, you're right. We, it won't change anything. Well, since then, you are not able to do a small thing as that. Elakistas, very small size amount. He's saying a very small thing would be to add one hour to your life. You can't even do that. 
All your worry cannot add one hour. You can't do something that small. So why then are you anxious about the rest? Why are you trying to plan for 35 years when you can't get one extra hour with your anxiousness? The rich fool could not add one hour to his life. If all of the anxiousness and worry can't add any time to your life, why are you so concerned then about the 30 years you may or may not have at age 75 or age 60? Listen, the scriptures certainly teach stewardship. But I refuse to allow stewardship to go against the teaching that Jesus is clearly giving here. We are to steward our bodies. We are to steward our resources. We are to steward the money that God places in our lives. There's no question about it. We do have to work in order to eat. Scripture's clear on that. But none of that tells you, therefore, you get to be anxious about it. You get to worry about it. You get to be fearful about it. You get to lose sleep over it. What, what does all your worry accomplish? You've probably heard this before because I've said it because I think it's a great quote from Corey Tenboom. Worrying is like a rocking chair. It keeps you moving, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Your worry is like sitting in a rocking chair. It'll keep you moving, but it won't get you anywhere. Oh, no, it's got me lots of places. My worry, my paranoia, my, my, my fear, my anxiousness has, has caused me to pile up a freezer full of food so I know I've got it. What happens when your power in your freezer goes out and it all goes spoil? Happened to us a couple years ago, right? Happened to many of us. We had that. God provided a whole other freezer full of meat in my life. And he did. I, didn't, I, I did nothing. I, honestly, this is a true story. That happened, and then within 18 months, I had a whole other freezer full of meat. And I didn't do anything for it. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Do not be anxious about what you will eat or what you will drink. Don't be anxious about this. But if you're going to concern yourself with something, concern yourself with making sure the brethren have something to eat and drink. Don't be anxious about it. But do that. We, we are, I, and we, but I, we are people who are so spoiled that we actually are anxious 
about the quality of food we'll eat because it might give us a stomach ache. Consider the ravens. Again, the pushback, the mind, the, 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 the 21st century American Christian will say, well, so are you telling me it's wrong to eat a good steak? Of course I'm not. Don't be anxious about what you're going to eat. God will provide. And if what you end up with tomorrow is ramen, then you end up with ramen. Really? And if you end up with nothing and you die, you go to be with Jesus, brothers and sisters. What are you worried about? What am I worried about? I'm glad. I think it's right, mothers and fathers, that we try to care for our children's health with what we're feeding in these days. I think it's good. I think we do some of that around here. I have no problem with that. Here's my problem. If it makes us anxious and worried and fearful, and we spend a lot more time worrying about their gut health than their soul health, we're missing the mark badly. And we tend to worry about our gut health more than our soul health. And I think that's out of anxiousness and worry and fear about our temporal provision. I don't have, I don't have the perfect answer. How much is too much? I don't know. I just, want us to, I just want us to hear the words of our Lord. I want us to take it to heart. I want us to really consider if we're anxious and worried and fearful about our earthly provision, our temporal provision. Or, or as we'll get to in future weeks, are we seeking first the kingdom of God? Are we seeking first the right foodstuffs, the right clothesstuffs, the right medicines. Just remember, as God's people, we know that He has a purpose for our life. Just remember that. We know that the purpose He has for our life is much greater than temporal life. Yes, we, we know Jesus didn't come to give us a better life now. Yes, Jesus came to save us for eternity. So there's a far greater purpose for our life than temporal. This is but a blip that you can't make any longer. We know that God loves us, His children, and He's for us. And we know that He is going to provide for us what we need. And we can trust that. And we don't have to worry about that. We need not be anxious about our physical temporal provision. Jesus says, do not be anxious. Do not worry. Do not be fearful. He tells us all of our worry won't add a single hour to our lives. And why would you want to? Why would I want to add one hour to my earthly life? When I'm going to be in glory. 
Now I'll trust God for when that is. I'm not going to go out and try to eat poisonous food. But why would I want to add time here? Because God has a greater purpose for me than this. Than this. Part of it is this right here. He'll keep providing for me, sustaining me, as long as he's going to have me preach to you all. That I know. And when he doesn't, I won't. And somebody else will stand here and do that. And he'll provide for them as long as they're going to stand here and preach to you all. Closing thought. Think on these things, beloved, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Psalm 55, 2, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Luke 12, 32, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I can't wait till we get to talk about that. What are you fearing? It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. <laughs> Way better than food and clothing. Way different. Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for your care for us. We thank you that, that we can believe the words of our King, our Lord, our, our older brother. We can believe the words of our Lord Jesus that we need not, we ought not, we are not to be anxious. We're not to worry. We're not to fear about our temporal provision. We are to seek first your kingdom. Father, by your grace, may we be a people that seek your kingdom and not the things of this earth. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.